Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. This summer was the first time in seven years that I participated as a worker at Summer Educational Program. We have this youth camp for our teenagers every summer here in Edmond, Oklahoma. I had a chance to help teach softball just for a couple days. I wasn't involved every single day of camp. But just for a couple days, I was teaching the campers how to field ground balls and how to cover their bases on the infield. And the first day I was doing this, it was hot. And at one point, it felt like just the air was closing in on us. It was heavy out there. And so the next group of campers came in to my station and I said, make sure you girls are pushing yourselves. Oh, but also pace yourselves. Drink a lot of water too. Normally, we like to think about how important it is to push ourselves. We want to push the pace and be productive and be active each day as we serve God. And yet, we all have limits. And it's so easy to push past those limits and get sick or get injured. So while we strive to push ourselves, we also have to pace ourselves. We have to push the pace, but also pace the push. God highly values physical health, and he commands us to keep the physical health laws. 3 John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants us to live healthy, energetic lives full of vigor and vitality. We actually have a marvelous example to look to. Of course, there's Jesus Christ who never got sick, who never committed a physical sin, was the perfectly healthy specimen his entire life. But then we also have the late Herbert W. Armstrong, this man was a dynamo for God's work for decades, and yet he knew what to do. If anything started to become unusual with his body, if anything happened out of the ordinary, he took drastic action to address the problem immediately. He didn't just keep pushing himself until the wheels fell off. Here's an example. This is from the November 10th, 1963 uh, co-worker letter. It's published in the Plain Truth magazine. 
November 10th, 1963. Mr. Armstrong talks about how he was urgently writing a book that would later become The Missing Dimension in Sex. And he was very excited to release this book to the largest audience possible. But then he was on a plane flight going from Switzerland to England, and he felt a heart flutter. His pulse was irregular, frequently skipping a beat. Mr. Armstrong writes about this. I was alarmed. I passed up the dinner served on the plane. All my life, my heart has been strong. Never before had I experienced anything of this nature. But the many responsibilities of this large and constantly growing work have driven me to a hard pace. I knew I was nearly a year past due to slow down and recharge the nerve batteries with rest and a fast. Arriving back at the college that evening, I decided I must take no more chances. I must stop right where I was, go on a stringent fast, get myself back into top physical condition so that I may plunge on ahead in God's work in high tension once again. Mr. Armstrong goes on to explain the vigorous effort that goes into every speaking engagement. Every time he would do a radio program, a television broadcast, it was extremely taxing on his energy because every bit of energy he put into it, it would only come out a fraction of that level of energy to the audience. And so just imagine whatever level of energy you hear from a speaker He's having to expend probably three times that much energy just to come across at that level to you. I, I've noticed that with myself. Sometimes I'll listen to a recording of myself speaking just for self-evaluation purposes. And I'll think that I sound kind of sleepy or bored for some reason. And yet when I was giving the program, I felt like I was going almost too far over the top. And so it, it's not really quite accurate. The way that you feel when you're speaking, that's not the same energy level that gets across to the audience. Mr. Armstrong realized that. He had to pour out energy when he spoke because a much lower level of energy was going to be conveyed to the audience than the actual amount that he was putting in. So Mr. Armstrong had to take a break from these broadcasts. He had to take a break from this strenuous lifestyle of constantly speaking, traveling, writing, counseling, serving God, serving the people. He had to recharge his batteries. Now, of course, serving God never really stops. Our relationship with God always continues but there are times when we do need to retreat, we do need to slow down, we do need to pace the push. Here's another example. February 25th, 1977, a coworker letter from Mr. Armstrong. 
He's writing this from Romania, where he was spending two or three weeks at a clinic to recharge. Now, Mr. Armstrong credited two sources for his dynamic energy, even at his old age of 84 at this point. Two sources for his energy. First was God. And Mr. Armstrong quotes Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. This is a pretty inspiring passage. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That was the main source of Mr. Armstrong's dynamic power and energy. It came straight from God by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4 verse 6. But then the second source of Mr. Armstrong's energy was sheer self-drive, determination. He pushed the pace even when he didn't feel like it. But he also knew he had to pace the push. He also knew the importance of a retreat, of rest, of a health fast. And he did what he had to do to make sure he kept God's health laws, even as he was working hard. He writes here, I have at least 10 more years of vigorous active work needed to finish the work that God has committed to me. Or less if God cuts time shorter, which is most likely. So if you remember around this time in 1977, that's when Mr. Armstrong died of a heart attack. He was dead for 90 seconds, and then God brought him back and gave him almost 10 more years until he actually died in 1986. God did give Mr. Armstrong more time to finish the work. Mr. Armstrong lived a, a long life into his 90s, and he kept on working hard, pushing the pace, but also pacing the push. We have to realize, if we're going to follow an example like this, just how important it is to keep the health laws. I think sometimes it's a little bit easy to think, well, I've been working hard. I've been really pushing myself to serve God and to do his work and to keep up with my responsibilities. And so it's actually totally understandable if I get sick. And it's really not a big deal. Well, Jesus Christ actually had to suffer horribly before his death to pay for physical sin, for broken health laws. Notice this, Isaiah 53 verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You see, 
Christ was savagely beaten before he died. His body was torn apart before he died. And by those stripes, we are healed. God has specific commands for us in James chapter 5 to request an anointing. And we apply the stripes of Christ to the one who is sick, the one who is injured, the one who is suffering the penalty of broken physical laws, broken health laws. Just consider what Christ had to go through because sometimes we just don't slow down when we need to. We don't pace the push when we need to. God expects us to take the health laws very, very seriously. Even as we run the race, even as we push ourselves to do God's work. God's work really does teach us the important aspects of pretty much every subject. Back in 1972, the Worldwide Church of God put out the seven laws of radiant health. The seven laws of radiant health. That's not really a spiritual subject, and yet God's work still taught about it. And it is connected to the spiritual if you think about it. Notice this verse. This will show the connection again between the physical and the spiritual. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You see, the human body is just a temple for God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit combines with our human spirit in our minds. But we are not vegetables. We walk, we move, we breathe. We exist on a physical level. And when our physical temple is broken down, there's really only so much we can do by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Poor health really hinders our ability to use God's Holy Spirit. And so the last thing we want to do is break the health laws and put these strict limitations, these crippling boundaries on ourselves and hold ourselves back from being able to give as much as we possibly can to God. First Corinthians six, verse 20 says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we must please God with the way we use our bodies and our spirit our mind. There's the physical and the spiritual side. And you'll notice from these seven laws of radiant health, even more connection between the physical and the spiritual, as we'll see. The first law of radiant health is food and fasting. The idea is to eat healthy foods, natural foods, prepared in a natural way that will not remove the nutrients from those foods. 
We don't want to eat highly processed and sugarized foods all the time. It has to be a balanced diet, a natural diet. We have a really helpful article series available to you at pcg.church, pcg.church. And this article series is titled, We Are What We Eat. If you just type in, we are what we eat at pcg.church, you'll find quite a number of articles by Mr. Stephen Flurry, And he's gone through and explained the importance of proper diet. Along with diet is also included drinking water. This is a way to eliminate poisons from the body, keep the system clean, overcome constipation, which is the source of many, many health problems. It recommends drinking water daily, preferably between meals, but never to wash down food. Six to eight glasses daily, or even more than that for those who work outside in the sun. Under this point as well, food and fasting. There's fasting. That means restricting the diet whenever we are sick. Mr. Armstrong wrote about how Benjamin Franklin said, feed a cold and starve a fever. Now, what that really means is, if you feed a cold, you will have to starve a fever. If we keep eating just as much as normal and, and just the same as we always do when we have a cold, that cold is going to escalate into a fever, into a flu. And then we'll be forced to starve the flu out of us because we didn't do that with the cold. So even when we have a cold or congestion or something like that, restricting what we eat and how much we eat and drinking more fluids is the way to get rid of that cold, hopefully before it gets into more of a flu stage. So you should starve a cold so you don't have to go ahead and starve a flu when it gets to that point. Starve them both. <laughs> Restricting the diet, going on a health fast. Mr. Armstrong frequently did this throughout his life. He was a marvelous example of fasting for health. Uh, here's an example from uh, the July 7th, 1948 uh, co-worker bulletin. July 7th, 1948. Mr. Armstrong writes here, Voluntary abstinence from food for physical benefit or the cure of disease is as old as life upon this earth. He explains how animals do this by instinct. When they're not feeling well, they won't eat, and it will help them get better faster. Mr. Armstrong says that health fasting is as close to a cure-all for disease as we can possibly find. Curing stomach disorders, constipation, rheumatic diseases, kidney diseases, heart ailments, high blood pressure, skin diseases, asthma, anemia, colds, and fevers. Mr. Armstrong says probably don't try a fast more than three, five, or seven days, especially if you're not used to it. 
And he says, when you break the health fast, do it slowly. Don't have a gigantic meal at the end of a health fast. Mr. Armstrong went on a health fast for pretty much 21 days. He had this orange juice fast uh, whenever he was feeling worn out. And he talks about that in this letter. Just how the rigors of doing God's work really were starting to beat him down. So he got away for a rest, just like Christ and the disciples would do when they were worn out. They'd get away, they'd rest, they'd recharge, and then they'd get back to pushing themselves again. Mr. Armstrong writes here, this is the 21st day since we first started. I have been on a long orange juice fast. Aside from two days when we were called back to Pasadena and I ate food, I have not eaten a bite of food during the 21 days. And I expect to remain in this quiet place, fasting and praying for 10 more days, returning in time to be back before the microphone for broadcasts every day, beginning Sunday, July 18th. This fast is doing wonders for me physically and mentally and spiritually too. I expect to be in tip-top shape with renewed physical and mental powers, eager to plunge back into the all-important work ahead with renewed vigor and power. Fasting. Health. If you want health, try a health fast. The first law of radiant health is food and fasting. The second law is cleanliness and dress. We must maintain a rigorous standard in this area regular bathing and hygiene, uh, proper clothing that's not too tight-fitting. The third law, sunshine and fresh air. For men, sunshine boosts testosterone. Breathing deeply makes us healthy, especially when we're outside in the fresh air. Breathing deeply enhances performance. This article about the seven laws of radiant health says, most of us take in enough air to sustain life, but not enough to live it vigorously. We need to breathe deeply. It'll help our color be brighter. We'll have more energy. We'll be more alert. Even our posture will be better. If we obey the third law of sunshine and fresh air, the fourth law is exercise. This has to be a regular thing cardiovascular exercise like walking, jogging, running, cycling, hiking. Those are pretty much uh, indispensable supports for anyone of any age. Moving. Keep the body moving. Athletes do it, and so should we. Keep it moving. Fifth law, sleep and rest. The average adult needs about seven to nine hours of sleep every night. That may be hard for some of us to hear. Maybe we want to deprive ourselves of sleep so we can get more done. But it actually has the opposite effect. When we're worn out, we're pushing ourselves to the brink of death, and we're not going to get as much done as we hoped. Even the fact of the Sabbath day, the fourth commandment, is proof that God wants us to get our rest. We have to prioritize that. The sixth law of radiant health, avoid bodily injury. 
Why be overly reckless on the sports field, diving headfirst into the wall to save a loose ball in basketball? It's not worth it. <laughs> Don't do it. And obviously, things like uh, too much alcohol or drink or smoking cigarettes, those are things that are very careless and can, can cause problems as well. And finally, the seventh law of radiant health. This connects the physical to the spiritual once again. Build a positive mental attitude. Proverbs 15 verse 17 talks about a dinner of herbs where love is. Even if you're poor and you can't afford, afford the, the most lavish of dinners, if you are all getting along at the dinner table, if you love each other, if there is positivity flowing amongst your family, that is going to make you healthier than someone who has the most high-end food but is basically just at war with his own family. A positive mental attitude. It's estimated that about 50% of everyone seeking medical aid is really just afflicted by mental problems. Mental problems cause physical problems. Headaches, eye strain, indigestion, ulcers, nervousness. All these physical problems that come from the mind. So we need to be positive. We need to be law keepers. Obeying God, that's what will give us peace of mind. As it says in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. A positive mental attitude. That's spiritual. Satan wants our minds. God is trying to help us take control of our own minds and submit our minds to him so we can really be successful and so we can really be happy and healthy. So as we push ourselves in doing God's work, we have to remember to pace ourselves as well, keeping God's health laws, taking that seriously and staying healthy so we can keep on supporting the work and accomplishing more and more. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.